Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Homemade Ops. Today we're going to talk a little bit about stocks, how what they are, what they mean, and a lot of those phrases that you hear in the news that you wonder, what are they actually talking about? So join us today. Okay, everyone, to kick off today, we're going to do another What Did We Watch segment because we have another movie to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> another three. Well, we've been trying to get caught up on some movies. We had a couple weeks where we didn't watch that many. We love watching movies. So for us, if we don't watch movies, you know, at least every other week we get sad. That's kind of our outlet <laughs> for it's, our break. It's uh, And we got a new, we got a, I was about to say a new one. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, a, <laughs> I'm like, it's an oldie. More oldies. I don't know what to say. How does the phrase go? Oldie but goodie? Something like that? It's true. That's true. So we watched the Back to the Future series. It's kind of featured on Netflix right now. And we both have loved that movie, but I hadn't seen it in years, years or any of the three. And they're they're all awesome. I, I think the first one's the best, of course. Yeah. Um, but, but all three of the Back to the Future movies are awesome. So you've got to check it out. I feel like Hollywood doesn't make very fun movies anymore. I know. It's a lot of, I think, I, Hollywood, I think, takes its tel- itself too seriously sometimes. Well, because this movie is meant to be a comedy, so it's funny. So yes, Hollywood will make a lot of fun, funny movies that are not very serious. But this one's actually about time travel. I, and it just, so it is a comedy, but it's also an adventure film. And you don't really see many funny adventure films anymore that know exactly what it's supposed to be. And it just has a good time. Like the all the actors seem like they're just loving it and having a good time. It was it was just really enjoyable. You yeah. can tell when actors and actresses really get into their roles. And they're just having fun with what they're doing. That's why, you know, some of my favorite movies are Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. But I just feel like he has fun with them. Like, I love the Mission Impossible series. Because I feel like he's just trying to make entertaining movies. The latest one is awesome by yeah the that way. one's fantastic yeah. it's one of the best action films i've seen <laughs> yeah and back to the future i just feel like they're ha- trying to make a fun entertaining movie so definitely check out all f- all three of the series are really good we liked mm. all of them so today we're going to be talking we're going to just jump right into the content because last episode we talked a little bit about how society works and how you grow wealth in society and the three things that we talked about last episode the first one was actually talking about how to build wealth through services where you're gonna you have a you're a worker you're an employee you're working hard and you provide some sort of service to somebody else and you get paid for that service either work as a contractor or an employee and that's one way you can make money Now, the problem with that method, it's a good method. Don't get me wrong. You can make really good money using this method if you get into high paying jobs, like if you're a doctor or if you're a lawyer or anything else. Now, the problem with this, though, is you're not going to be rich with these unless, again, you're a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. But if you're working just in a regular $50,000 a year job, it's not easy to get so rich on that kind of salary. You have to get paid, you have to make money somehow in some other way. So here's the good news though. There is a way that you can, even making 50, $70,000 a year, where you can become wealthy. And that is going to be through the world of investing, investments. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. But the second thing we talked about last episode is we were talking about being a business owner. That's another way that you can make some money. So you can become uh, an entrepreneur. You have a really good business idea. It does take a lot of work. 
because you have to get it started. It takes more work than the average job. You have to get it started. You have to find people to work with you. You have to find suppliers. You have to build your product. And, and you're taking on the risk. Oh yeah. That's the biggest reason why businesses usually pay off too is you're taking a lot of risk because it fails. You're on the hook for that. So it's kind of the idea, which really owning a business is a form of investing because you're investing in your own business yeah. rather than investing in other people's business. So I think it's the idea of most people have a job you know, and make their money in a job, which is, like you said, pretty common way to make your money and what to do. And I think it's taking the proceeds from that money. We've talked a lot about saving and using that money for more things than just spending it on stuff. Instead of you get your whole paycheck and you think, well, I'm going to go buy a bunch of clothes that I want. You, you definitely want to be able to buy the things that you want and need in your life. But it's the idea of taking those resources that you're getting and putting them to use in a way that grows your wealth and allows you to get further along than you were before and make better choices with your money rather than just spending it all and it all goes away. Then you just have a bunch of stuff around you um, rather than taking that money and putting it into something where it can grow. For example, if you work maybe a job, like we have regular jobs that we work and we are investing in this podcast and trying to grow and get this information out there. Um, and so a lot of people will, you know, they have their job and then they have a side gig. Or they have their job and then they start an online business. There's a lot of things that people will do to supplement what they're already doing. Um, or you take that money and you invest in a retirement account. Or you buy stocks and other investments. So it's the idea of taking your resources and putting them to better use than just spending them. So that actually is a good segue into our third one, which is becoming an investor. So in order to be rich, or so most people on the planet, I would, so I forgot what the stat was, but it was like 99, something like that. 99% of the most wealthy people on the planet, so people in the 1%, or 95 or something like that, are investors. I would even go to almost say it's 100%, like flat 100. Because usually the billionaires have ownership in something because they have invested in something. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. So uh, entrepreneurship, um, business owning. We're going to put that on hold for now. We're going to talk about that on a different episode, talk about strategies, how to do that since Kimberly and I have started our own business. <laughs> We've been working at this and we have some tips for y'all. Um, also being an employee, we have a lot of tips with that as well. But the main thing is this, if you're an employee or a contractor, don't worry, don't get stressed and don't think, oh, I'm never going to become wealthy. You can. You absolutely can. And it's just using your resources and allocating them properly to the point where you can then accumulate wealth. I'm a big believer that there's no easy answer. Like what drives me crazy is when I go online and they're like, you know, invest in these three things and you can be a billion overnight. Or they say, you know, follow, give me your email for my free training where I tell you how to make a million dollars where, yeah. you know, or there was this guy who makes you know, $10,000 a year, and now he's a billionaire by listening to me. And I just feel like it's so scammy because there is no easy way to wealth. I guess some people are born into like a trust fund, but we're not talking about the very few people. Yeah, and even then, they didn't, you know, that's just a circumstance. You could have been born a prince back in the day. You know, <laughs> it's just sometimes that kind of thing happens. But it's the idea that there's no easy way to wealth. Even I work for a company where... Um, 
the guy who started it, I was lucky enough to start with this company when it was a little bit newer, and I've seen him grow and get acquired, and he bootstrapped the whole company from the beginning. He started it, he put all of his money and work into it, and started the company, and it's very successful now, extremely successful. We're acquired by a big company, we have great cash flow, incredible revenues, and you can look at that, and it's easy to think, wow, you know, he just started his business, now he's, you know, it's so great, and all this stuff. But I've seen over the years, I've seen the financials, I've seen the work and the late nights and the efforts that he put into it. Um, and so it's the idea of the way to build wealth is not so much like the gold rush where all of a sudden people have this dream where they're going to strike gold. It's the idea, for example, if you're working a job, like Todd said, you go to your job every day, you're putting in that work, you're saving some of that money and you're investing in it. And over years and years and over time, it will grow. So it's the idea that making small, smart decisions. You don't have to make some giant change in your life and learn how to become some Wall Street guru, but you can make small decisions today to be smart with your money, and then you can grow that. It's like that book we've talked about on our show, The Millionaire Next Door. Anybody, I feel, can grow their wealth and, and develop a comfortable life for themselves, and there's no big secret or there's no special sauce that'll get you there. It's just hard work and making good decisions over time. Just consistent discipline. And that is literally what Warren Buffett always preaches. And he's a billionaire. So I think he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> it's a lot of people discount the work that it takes to accumulate that kind of wealth. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the world of investments. So most people in the world who are multi-gazillionaires are investors. So what does it mean to be an investor? That means it's you're taking your money and putting it in assets or things that are going to bring you extra cash, cash in return basically. And the definition of an asset is it's an accounting word and what it means is it's something that will bring you future value. So for example, if I have a banana, that is not an asset because I'm going to eat it. Well, I guess maybe, you know, give you some energy. But it's the idea of it's a it's a resource that you consume. But if I buy a home, that's going to bring me value over years because I'm living it. I'm having value. It's an asset. It's something that you hope will bring you value in the future. And the cool thing about assets, or at least the idea, a good distinction is, can I get future value out of this? But generally, the goal is to get future value that's more than what you put into it. So a car, technically an asset, but not necessarily an investment. Does that make sense? Because a car is an asset where it will, it you will have, you will be able to use, use it. it for years. It brings future value to you. But it does not bring you wealth because it will depreciate. Depreciate means it loses its value over time or you can expense it over time. So that's not what we're talking about. A car is not an investment. It is, it is either a lie. It's considered an asset, but it's a liability to you and your household. Now, what we're talking about specifically are things that are going to bring you future value. That's more than what you put into it. So stocks, bonds, ETFs, real estate, uh, businesses, ownership, uh, venture capital, private equity, future contracts, options. There's a lot. <laughs> and this is where most people get confused. So we're going to break it down for you. We're not going to talk about every single one today. We're going to talk about just one. So that way we can focus on them. And then over a period of time, we'll start discussing all these other investment types. So you know, you know what they are. And then when people that are online talking about these things, you will understand it. Stocks, number one. What is a stock? A stock is an investment. It is actually ownership in a company. That's what you're purchasing when you buy a stock. So let's pretend I'm a business. 
I'm a business, I'm operating this business and I'm thinking, holy mackerel, I need to accumulate more cash. I am running out of money. I have a couple options to get more money. I can go to a bank and I can say, hey bank, give me some money. And they say, sure, I'll give you money, but you pay me back interest. Now, what? so what is the cost of getting that kind of money if I'm a business? The cost is paying interest payments to the bank. We talked about home ownership before, very similar to that. So go listen to those previous episodes if you wanna learn a little bit more about interest and that sort of thing. And uh, so that's, that's one way to fund it. But the other way that a business can actually earn money is by issuing out stock. And what you're going to do is you're gonna take stock and say, you know what? I own 100% of the business, but I need to raise money. I'm going to put on the table or sacrifice some of my ownership in order to get additional investment into my business. If you ever seen Shark Tank before, that's essentially what they're doing. They're saying, hey, give me 30% of your business for $2 million. And they're giving up 30% of their business. So they're buying into stock or ownership of the business. So how does that work exactly? So that's basic, So that's what it works, you have the stock. Now there's different kinds of stocks and there's different kind of rules. So depending if you're a public or private company. So let's go ahead and break it down for you. Um, how do you actually get this ownership? Well, that's going to lead into different types of companies. In the United States, we have two kinds of, we have a lot of different types of companies, but two when it comes to owning stock. The first is private, the second is public. Private means you're not being traded on any exchange. Whoa, what does exchange mean? <laughs> Don't worry, we'll get there. So that means, uh, so if I'm a private company, not, no, you have to have very, very in access to get ownership in that business. You, you, not anyone from random corners of the street can own your business. It's not public. So for example, if I go open a bakery, like we've talked about before, mm -hmm. I go open my bakery, I own all of it, that's great. And maybe I think, well, I need some more cash because I wanna build another location. I want to upgrade my seating area for my, my little bakery where people can sit. So maybe I go to my neighbor and I say, hey, um, you know, if you'll give me $20,000 for this new project, I'll give you 10% of my business. That means they become an owner with you. So really, I think usually, it's probably mainly peer-to-peer. -peer. People have a lot of freedom over what they want to price their business as, who they want to work with. Um, like Todd said, it's not just random people. I mean, you could go up to someone and ask them, can I buy into your business? But it's not the idea when you see on the news, um, you see what businesses' stocks are worth. That's going to be public companies. That's a little bit different. Exactly. It's very, it's just private. You, nobody can buy ownership into your business. It's very selected individuals. Unless you want them to, they have to come to you and ask. That's right. So you can choose them. It's selective. You choose people or they come to you. So many times what will happen is a business, when they start to grow, there's uh, some companies are actually paying attention to this and they come over. These are called usually private equity or venture capital firms. These are companies that invest in private companies and they have a lot of money. So they'll come over and say, hey, company, Miss Bakery, so Kim, Kimmy's Cakes or whatever it is, let's... Um, let me give you $1 million and then with that and then with that million dollars, we're going to own half of the company. And that's what private equity and venture capital firms will do. They'll find 
private companies that they think are going to grow and their goal is to have them go public, which now is a good segue into public companies. What are public companies? Well, public companies are now ownership or you can purchase stocks or ownership. Anyone though, anyone has access to it because it's publicly available, which means I can go to any exchange or any market. We'll talk about those in a minute. I can go to a public exchange or market and say, I want to buy Apple stock. I want to buy Workday stock. I want to buy uh, Oracle stock, whatever it is. I can now get it without their permission. So for example, we don't have to go to the CEO of Apple and say, you know, I'd really like to invest some money in your business. You could just go online and buy the stock. Yep. <laughs> you just go to a broker site. Brokers are uh, sites where you can go and they'll facilitate the trade for you. They're the ones who give you access to those exchanges. So now let's talk about how to get access to those public companies then. So when it comes to private companies, you're not gonna be investing in those as, a, as, as an everyday individual. It's very rarely are you gonna have opportunities to invest in private companies. And if you have a neighbor that says, hey, I got an opportunity for you, $20,000, your red flag should go up. <laughs> <laughs> that should be very, very cautious, okay, with those kinds of things. But when it comes to a, when it comes to a public company, Public companies are companies that are, uh, they go through the whole rigorous process of being available for the whole public. Now, why do companies want to do this though? Because if you go public, you raise a lot of money, way more than what you can get from normal individuals. You're opening up your business to whoever wants to buy in. So to all of a sudden, yeah, you have all of the world saying, yes, I would like to buy that stock. You know, I would like to invest in that business. So you, you open your pool of who could invest uh, to much bigger, much bigger group of people. Yeah. So now with these public companies, I got this. So I have now the option as an individual to go and purchase stock from these public companies. Now, the government does govern how these public companies should be dealing with the public because now they can hurt more people. So the more public access you have, the more the government is going to watch you. Because if a company screws up, they can hurt a lot of people that have access to those companies or ownership in those companies. So if you're interested in learning more about that, just take a look at Enron and a bunch of others. It's, it's been really brutal for a lot of companies in the past screwing over individuals because poor accounting practices and whatnot. So that's a side note though. So for you though, that's what stocks are. So if you as an investor, I can go over to a broker, so a, a stock broker or a, co a brokerage company or firm, and I can tell them I want to purchase a certain amount of stock. You're going to get some stock. Now, if you get a bundle of stocks, those are called shares. So I can have, and they're just uh, like, let's say a hundred shares. So you'll hear people say, oh, I have a hundred shares of Apple. That means they just have a hundred individual stocks of Apple, okay? So that's what, uh, that's what they mean by when it comes to shares. So how do you get access to these, uh, to these stocks? Well, um, their stocks are traded in United States, primarily on two stock exchanges. There's some over the counter ones as well, but the ones that are the two, the two main ones are going to be the New York stock exchange and NASDAQ. Those are the main two ones. Facebook trades on NASDAQ and then other like the uh, Dow 30. So Dow Jones Industrial Average, that's just an index. We'll talk about that later. Uh, the 30 largest companies basically are on the New York Stock Exchange. So what you can do then is say, I want to purchase ownership of that stock. But here's the thing. When you purchase one stock, you're buying 
a tiny percent of that business. <laughs> You're not getting a whole lot. So when I purchase one stock, because usually when a company goes public called IPO, initial public offering, that's when they first get introduced to the market publicly. Yeah, that's when they're opening up saying, we're going to now allow everybody to yeah. buy our stock. When they get into the public, they're issuing out millions of shares. So let's say I'm a company owner and I issue out 1 million shares. Well, if you buy one stock, then one you- One in a millionth. <laughs> yeah, one in a millionth basically is how much ownership you have. So the percentage of that would have a lot of zeros in front of mm -hmm. your actual number. <laughs> so you would have to buy. So if you had 100,000 shares, then you would have 10%. So that's what you'll want to check. So when you go online and you're looking up these different stocks, go online, you can see how many shares outstanding there are. And if you purchase a share, which, you know, depending on whatever price it is that day, you're buying just particular ownership. Now, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that you're going to have some ownership there. Now, the goal in getting rich, though, is you want to buy stocks and then hopefully over time they appreciate in value. That is the goal. Now, when it comes to buying stocks, it can be a little risky because if you just buy one stock in a business, if that business goes under, you can lose all of that money. Now, typically, just like a business, like it is a business, what a company will do if they go bankrupt, they have to then pay their owners as much as they possibly can. So they'll sell their assets and that kind of stuff, their tables, computers, their machinery, so they can pay you back. But if the company's not doing good, you're not going to get a whole lot. So people do get scared when it comes to investing in stocks because if, again, you can lose a lot of money, but you can also gain a lot of money. Look at Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is a hundred millionaire, billionaire, sorry, wow. Uh, that's <laughs> 100 billionaire. He, he is worth so much money. Where is that money? It, it, does he have cash sitting in the bank? Is that where his money's at? No, his money is in ownership, in stock. And whatever the price of stock that he has, so let's say his stock is trading for $100, let's say. Well, how many shares does he have inside of it? Well, he has 10% of all of the outstanding shares or whatever amount it is. So you just take that amount, times it by the stock price 100, and that's how they find out his value, how much he's worth. And that is how stocks work. So what are exchanges then? Because this is another tricky question for everybody. People don't understand what exchanges are. They hear of the stock market and people get so intimidated. It's really not that intimidating, guys. You see it in movies. You see the guys in their suits running around and there's all these screens. You even see pictures online. It seems like such a foreign world. And it's like it's they try to make it act like it's so crazy. And here's the fact. It is. It is pretty crazy. But it's actually very simple at its core. A stock market is pretty much the exact same thing as a flea market. That's literally it. If I go over to a flea market, I'm gonna see a bunch of apples. I'm gonna see a bunch of bananas. I'm gonna see a bunch of grapefruits and, uh, and uh, pineapples. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say, well, I want 10 pineapples. And they're gonna say, here's the price. And I can barter with them. I can say, well, maybe I can do it a little bit lower. Maybe I can do it a little bit higher. That is the exact same thing as the stock market, everybody. With the stock market, you're just trading ownership and business. So it's basically secondhand trading. So it's the company already got their money through the IPO and the initial public offering. They're not touching that money again. People are now just trading ownership. So they're saying, okay, well, I bought this and I'm going to sell it to somebody else. 
So that's what a stock market literally is. You're going to any one of the stock markets, NASDAQ or New York Stock Exchange, and you're saying, I want money. I want to purchase, I want to purchase uh, this particular stock for this price from you. And that's literally it. Now, of course, all those people wearing the fancy suits with all the numbers on the floor, those are the individuals that are actually the ones who are facil facilitating the trades. So pretty cool. Anyway, so that's the stock market. Now, there are two types of stocks that we should know about. One is called preferred and also one is called common. Now, what are these exactly? Preferred stock are not traded on the stock exchanges. Okay, so those markets, stock markets, the flea markets, they're not traded there. Preferred stocks are usually given, those are given to people, that's why they're called preferred. They're given to special investors and this can actually be offered to individuals uh, before a company goes public anyway. Preferred stock is just stock that the company gives to a special set of people. Now, you don't get any voting rights with uh, preferred stock because when, when you have ownership in companies, you can have owner, you can have voting rights, vote on how the business should do or what they should do, vote out, board of directors, that kind of thing. With preferred stock, you don't get that though. Preferred stock actually acts more like a bond and we'll talk about bonds in later episodes, but it's basically the idea that you put in some money and they give you a certain percentage back over a period of time. Kind of like a, a loan, how a bank, right? A loan says, hey, I'll give you money and then uh, you give me money back over time and interest. Very similar to that. Uh, common stock, on the other hand, though, common stock is uh, the stock that do indeed get traded on exchanges. Those are ones that you'll trade, get cash for it, great, and you do get uh, you do get voting rights when it comes to common stock. So many times when you purchase uh, individual stocks, you're going to get things in the mail saying, "Hey, how do you want to vote for particular items?" And that's uh, that's basically what you're getting there. So some people say, well, why does preferred stock say preferred and common stock doesn't? Because it sounds like common stock would be the preferred one. Not necessarily. Uh, reason why is because preferred stock, yes, you don't get ownership, uh, excuse me, you don't get voting and that sort of stuff, but you do get preference if the company has to liquidate. Liquidate means if they're selling, they go bankrupt, they have to sell their assets and hopefully give money back to individuals. Well, number one, they have to give money to their creditors. They also have to give money, uh, if they're in debt, they have to pay off all that debt. And any of the leftover money will go to people who have preferred stock. And then if there's still some leftover, then it will be spread, a, a spread out to those uh, common stock owners. So preferred stock gets it first before common stock. And that's one of the reasons why it's called preferred. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's kind of the introduction to stocks. And we'll talk more about these a little bit later. Just know that stocks can be risky if you purchase just one. It could go up in value, it could go down, so you have to be careful, do a lot of research when it comes to these, uh, when it comes to investing. So maybe you wanna diversify by buying several or into mutual funds. We'll talk about those on a later episode, but that's the idea of what ownership in stock is. Yeah, I think the important thing at least for me, is to think about, okay, what about the everyday person? Like, I'm not going online going, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy Apple today. I feel like it's low. We just keep, I mean, that's one of the most popular companies, so we keep talking about that one. <laughs> but I don't go online and play around and buy different stocks. And I, I want to, the average everyday investor, I think, wants to say, well, what can I do? I can put my money in. I don't have to really know what I'm doing. I don't have to research into companies. That can be a little much. And also can be, like you said, a great way to lose money. It can be kind of like gambling, right? If you don't know what you're doing and you just go in there and you're 
buying different stocks and selling them at different times, it can cause a lot of problems. So there's a lot more wise, I think, long-term ways to invest for the everyday investor. And we'll talk about that as Todd said in upcoming episodes, for example, with mutual funds and ETFs, which are different investment products that combine a bunch of stocks and other other options. And they they give you a great way to invest without having to really actively manage or understand stocks and really have a lot of the risk that comes with just picking and choosing individual stocks. But it's important concepts to know what is a stock and really sort of understand how the system works. That even when you get investment project or products like mutual funds, you're taking a lot of times a bunch of different stocks. So it's great to understand how the system works and hopefully that'll help you too when you're watching the news and they're talking about stock prices of companies or they're talking about wealth of these business owners. I think it's a great foundation to understand and then we'll talk about different ways that you can apply it to you and hopefully take your money you have and grow that wealth like like we talked about in ways that will be sustainable and will be long-term and and bring you success with what you have so the last thing that we're going to talk about today when it comes to stocks is how do you make money from them though because we just said hey hopefully you make money on it and not how does that exactly work well it's just supply and demand Uh, for one. So one is called capital gains. That's one way you can make money. The other way is through dividend payments. So let's talk about capital gains first. So capital gains is appreciation of value of your particular stock. So if I have a stock and it's worth $100, well, if a lot of people are buying it or the company is doing well, more people want to have that stock because they want more ownership because it's going to make more money. And so a lot of people will buy it, which means... Uh, demand is really high. When demand is high, what happens to the price? It goes up. So capital gains are going to be, let's say I bought a stock for $100 and now it's $120. When I sell that stock, that difference, that $20 is my capital gain. You can think about it just like your home. So you buy a home and you feel like, well, this is an up and coming neighborhood. So you buy your home and then uh, for $300,000. And then in five years, say the neighborhood boomed, you know, things are going really great. You sell your home for $350,000. Then all of a sudden you have that big gain right there. Your house is worth $50,000 more than it originally was. So it's just the idea of you have something and it becomes more valuable over time. And businesses, that happens a lot because they are operating and all of a sudden they have new products and they have more revenue and they're growing and they're expanding and they're in new countries. All of a sudden the business is valued at more. It's worth more, just like a house would be. And so that's capital gains, really cool. And the other cool thing about capital gains is they're taxed less than income. So if you make money, you have your tax brackets, right? Well, capital gains is just a flat 15%, unless you make Uber money, and I think it's now like 20% or something Yeah, there's a little bit of a range on those, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the average would be closer on there. So a lot lower than income tax is the idea. So that's why investing can help you make a lot of money because you keep more of the earnings that you make from the investment. So investing is one of the reasons why a lot of rich people invest because they're going to keep more of their wealth. And that is the goal. The goal is how much can I keep rather than how much can I make? Because if you can keep more, well, then you can invest more. And that's the goal. People with $70,000 can become millionaires because they, as long as they know how to not work the system. Manage their money effectively. Yeah, manage money effectively. So that's one way to do it. The second way is through dividends. 
So depending, not every single stock is going to offer dividends, but dividends will be offered to owners in proportion to your ownership amount. And uh, they'll say, hey, we had a really good quarter this year, a company, we earned a lot of money. Our net income is pretty high, which is uh, after, so your net income is the amount of money you have revenues minus expenses. So if I make $100, but it I spend $50 or let's say $60. I spend $60 to get that money. So I'm paying my uh, workforce. I'm paying expenses, taxes, that kind of thing. And I have $40 left over. 40 would be my net income. So if you have a lot of net income, a lot of companies will say, hey, well, let's let's give out a dividend. Let's give some money out to our investors. And so you'll get a small amount of money, just like as a, a very, like a thank you payment. And that's what those are for. So those are the two ways that you can actually make monies with, uh, money with stock. So definitely consider them. Talk with uh, financial advisors or your or your uh, your stock person or whoever it may be, your investor brokers. Uh, get some good advice and make sure you do your research before you invest. Because if you do invest into a single company, like Kim- Kimberly was saying, that risk is high. Most people don't put their money into single stocks. Most of them are going to diversify using products like mutual funds. So we'll talk about those later um, as a kind of a little teaser. What mutual funds are, are a bunch of different stocks in one product. So that way you're diversifying with single payments. So um, that is the world of stocks. That's in a very basic nutshell how they all work. If you have any more questions, please submit them to us and we'll get those questions answered if we didn't answer your specific ones on this particular episode. The more you know, the better. The more educated you are, then you can make better decisions and know what do I want to do with with my money. And that's what we hope to do on the show. So if you have other questions, reach out to us on social media, leave a comment on the podcast, and we're happy to cover any topic that you're interested in the episode or answering any of your questions. So thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next time on the Homemade Ops Show. The information shared on our show is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be advice. Reach out to a professional for your specific situation.